Welcome back to the Two Man Wall podcast. Today, we have the State of the Club Chelsea mini podcast. And I am recording this intro actually post-actual recording because our Zoom audio got messed up a little bit. And today we had a Zoom audio and we needed to use Zoom audio because we had a special guest on the podcast today who goes by the name of Jordan Haber. Jordan is not only a friend of mine, but he is one of the most passionate Chelsea fans I know. And I really couldn't think of anyone better to help break down this very, very peculiar blues year uh, than Jordan. Uh, You can follow him at Haber Jordan on TikTok and at J underscore Haber on Instagram. And without any further ado, I will pass it off to Podcast Braden, and he will pick up where Zoom graciously left us off. Enjoy the pod. We can get right into the season recap, and then we can go from there. In the Premier League, they finished 12th. In the UEFA Champions League, they lost in the quarterfinal to Real Madrid. They lost in the first round that they were eligible for against Manchester City, and then the first round they were eligible for to Manchester City, again, a team that had their number, a team that had everyone's number last season uh, in the League Cup. Uh, but aside from the pitch, they had a wild manager saga that can only be described as Bowley really trying to stake his claim on the on the Chelsea uh, franchise because, yeah. you know, Abramovich had his style. Everybody knows Abramovich's style. I'm sure Jordan is more than familiar with the Abramovich style of, uh, of governing. <laughs> um, and Bowley wanted to come in. You know, he almost renamed the team the London Cowboys. That got shut down immediately. Uh, and then comes in and gives Tuchel, his Champions League winning uh, manager, the boot after just six match weeks. Uh, I believe it was after a, a Champions League loss to Zagreb. Yeah, Zagreb. Um, no more than one day later, Chelsea announces that Graham Potter signs as the next manager. A stellar campaign with Brighton to that point. A stellar campaign over the course of his tenure as Brighton manager. I mean, you can pull up clips from me giving heaps of praise to the signing. I was a huge Graham Potter fan. I had I had Brighton overachieving even more than they did this year just because of Graham Potter. I thought this was a fantastic signing. Then April 3rd, just 22 Premier League games into his tenure, he gets the boot. Uh, after winning just seven of the 22 Premier League games, and then no more than three days later, they announced that Frank Lampard, in a Bleacher Report notification that I just thought I would never see, Frank Lampard back to Chelsea on April 6th as caretaker manager to the end of the season. Then on May 29th, after the season finally closes for Chelsea, they announce Maurizio Pochettino takes over at the helm for Chelsea Football Club. And now the first, first way I want to get you into this, Jordan... What was your initial reaction to that Tuchel firing? Like, I feel for the guy, like, 100%, but it is football and it's just a real thing. After he did get divorced, you saw a decline in results. Yeah. You saw, like, a significant decline in results. And then when I actually went to preseason uh, in Orlando, uh, mm-hmm. when we played Arsenal against Arsenal, yeah. Mikel Arteta, Tuchel ran his preseason with two squads, one in the first half, one in the second half, sat the entire game on the bench, did not coach. He was going to all these fan fests. It was a mess of a preseason. He was sweating every single second. He did not look healthy at Mm -hmm. all. And none of the Chelsea players looked healthy during their preseason in Orlando because they went from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast of the U.S., which is hard to do. And I don't think he enjoyed being at Chelsea in the first place with so much in his personal life going on. Because he was given 
a manager role. He was essentially given in American sports what's considered a GM role. And yeah. he's being asked well, so I think a lot of managers are, are, are GMs kind of, right? You, you think um, they want to make their own signings. Like Mikel Arteta's had a big role in recruitment. Yeah, especially right now yeah, for yeah, Arsenal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it is a do, but yeah, I think that if you're a manager Some, and you don't have that control, that could be detrimental mm-hmm. when it comes to the squad building. Some coaches just don't like doing that. And Tugel mm-hmm. never seemed like the type of guy who really wanted to put his fingerprint on the squad. He wanted a squad and wanted to work with them. Yeah, And he brought in certain players like an Aubameyang. And no one really knows who was his signing, who wasn't his signing, and what Bully's true intentions were. And the amount of stuff Tuchel had to deal with, any manager would have just been done. And I don't think that Bully and Tuchel really could have coexisted because Bowley wanted Ronaldo and Tuchel rightfully said no. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that was interesting too, that because uh, you you forget just eight months ago, Ronaldo was considered a relevant soccer player. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he gets shipped off to Saudi and it's, there's no more. Um, but yeah, he I should be playing for Chelsea right now. Yeah. I mean, do you, would you want him at Chelsea as a nine? No. Okay, <laughs> so, so he should so in the he should be in terms of like what Bully wanted if Tuchel didn't yeah. get in the way is that what you're saying yeah yeah Bully got in the uh, sorry Bully wanted Ronaldo Tuchel got in his way from what yeah. I understand I mean I don't think I ever considered his divorce when I talked about because I said Tuchel was gonna get fired before um, Thanksgiving but that's that's just because I thought he lost something in the dressing room last year when they tailed off at the end of that last season but I did I didn't realize. I didn't take into account the, the divorce at all. Well, I think Tuchel in general is just in a down period yeah. of his managerial career. I mean, look at what he's done with Bayern. Bayern. He got absolutely yeah. annihilated <laughs> in the Champions League quarterfinal. <laughs> and then he scraped by in yeah. to win the Bundesliga. He shouldn't have won the league. Yeah. I mean, Dortmund completely choked on the final day. Yeah. So he shouldn't have won the league either. Uh, so maybe I mean, it is just... Um, yeah bad time for two goals yeah. just in his managerial career sure. and you know personal life yeah. we had two finals against liverpool where we mm. didn't score a single goal yeah yeah and yeah. we lost 10 11 on pens with keppa missing a penalty <laughs> and nobody wants to talk about that yeah and also the fact that we lost an fa cup final against leicester city mm. nobody wants to talk about that yeah. it's like I appreciate Tuchel for what he did in a single game, but he didn't do anything special because when you win the Champions League, you're expected to win the Super Cup and you're expected to win the Club World Cup. But at the end of the day, that team, that Chelsea team, should have beaten that Real Madrid team. And it was the Certainly best close. side in the it was the best side in the world at that time from the chemistry standpoint. You had a mm-hmm. bunch of academy boys who were playing in the form of their life. You had mm-hmm. all these crazy just moments that they were able to just pull out of them. And mm-hmm. it's Chelsea. That's what Chelsea does. Yeah. And I don't know how much I like to put on Tuchel and saying how great he is. Mm-hmm. So you never really thought Tuchel was all that. No. Huh. Interesting, because I I know I, mean, I, I certainly Chelsea fans have looked back at the last season and said why did we fire Tuchel? But I think that's I honestly think that's that you should be always looking forward. You shouldn't say why did we fire Tuchel? It should be why did you hire Potter mm. or why did you you know it, sh- it should have been 
it wasn't the Tuchel firing. It was the next step that was the issue, not the first one. But so with the pot, I guess we'll go to the Potter signing. Yeah, it's like I look at the Potter signing, and at the time, I thought it was an okay signing, but I kind of could see what Bowley was trying to do. Uh-huh. He wanted a bridge manager, which I will get into Pochettino, uh, but it feels like Pochettino is what Potter is supposed to be or was supposed to be. Potter was Potter, more of a leap of faith than Pochettino, obviously. Pochettino was way more right. established. Yeah. But Potter felt like a bridge manager. He wanted him for hmm. two, three years, see how it worked out, build a foundation like Brendan Rodgers did at Liverpool, and then find hmm. his Jurgen Klopp. Um, and that's what it seemed like he was doing. Uh, Potter... I think it was the right signing. I don't think he got enough time. I think he was going to a very volatile situation. I don't think anybody would have survived that time at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I said this on numerous pods, Ethan can recall. I think that this job was impossible with how many signings they had. Yeah. Um, I said their window, the fact that they spent that much money and brought in that many players in January for any team is just it's never advisable to shake up the squad that much midseason. Although it, you know, maybe the only thing left to do at that point was to shake it up because of where they were going to World Cup certainly. But I, it just didn't make any sense for a new manager to be have this whole new team and then once he like maybe is trying to figure something out with this roster, you bring in like ten new players in the window yeah. and like three of them: Enzo, Michael Modric, and. I don't know, Batty Shield, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not Batty Shield, but like Baduke. Baduke was like 50 million. Like these are guys yeah. that you probably sat down with in negotiations and said, you are a first team player. You are, you're not rotational. And so now you're like, you. he's trying to build this squad before January that he's like trying, starting to feel confident with. And then you bring in three players that basically have to start. And now you have to build around these guys. And it's just like this, the puzzle for him was always changing and I love Grand Potter as a manager. I think if he picks up somewhere else, maybe somewhere without a $600 million budget. He, really, there's a, he goes yeah. to a Tottenham and can never win a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see him going back to a Brighton-esque club where he can work with a squad that he built. You know, it's, it's, I, it, yeah. it was clearly a disconnect between Potter and Bowley. Yeah. It's, uh, it more falls on with Potter. It's like, does every... Zerbi, I always forget how to pronounce the name. Yeah. Uh, Brighton. It's like right now, I don't know if Potter was the keys behind Brighton because Brighton are doing just as good if not. Yeah, that's true. That, and Chelsea about. hijacked their entire like backroom staff. <laughs> and then when you're talking about the transfer window, when you zoom out and mm. look at off the pitch things that have happened at Chelsea. The way that Bowley did it was actually very, very smart and no one gives him credit for. Yeah. What he did was he treated his summer transfer window or his December transfer window as his summer transfer window because he found an exploit in contracts that he could use, which was that eight-year uh, amortization, uh, yeah, yeah. which basically in accounting terms means you pay off the contract and the transfer be over eight years, which nobody had done before and nobody figured this out. So now they're going to shrink it to five years. So he yeah. bought all the players he could and treated this window like a summer window mm-hmm. to then treat this current summer window like a December window, which again, doesn't make sense for on the field. But I think mm-hmm. Bowley said, let's chuck up one season. This is a loss. Let's build something for the future. And yeah, we're that's... already looking ahead. 
Yeah. I mean, that's certainly what should have been done. And I mean, I think we both agreed that you have to chalk it up. And I, yeah. I, I said it at the end of last season, like where they were in March was like, it was a, it was a, you know, dark place, but I thought before Potter got fired, Potter got fired in April. So like in the, you know, middle of March, I was like, this squad is not a good place right now. Yeah. However, you have young guys that, and you have, they, they were still in the champions league at that point. Um, they still had that, that Real Madrid quarterfinal, I think in March. Um, so you had this champions league to get young players experience. You had 15 league games, you had opportunities to get these young to figure out your squad and get these young players playing time. Almost treat it like a long preseason mm. for uh, for August. You know, from now until August is your preseason. Figure that you can chalk this whole season up. Money's not an issue. You're not trying to get ninth place money over twelfth place money. It really doesn't matter at this point. Try to find a mixture of players that works because clearly chemistry with this team is nowhere to be found because this team is as talented as any team in the league with, you know, Havertz and, you know, dare I say Havertz, uh, Was Enzo, Havertz, Mudrick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they just have so much talent that in cool Bali, like dude was one of the best center backs in the world before he signed a Chelsea contract. Like, I don't even know what happened. Maybe it was a cool Bali thing, but like clearly the talent was there. He just needs to keep swapping and swapping until it, it worked. And he had, couple months plus preseason to make it work and then he got fired and it was clear from the start that plus, there was really no faith plus you could see in the transfer dealings in that december window we brought in malagusto yeah. and you could just yeah. tell that is a uh regular transfer window like a i was confused it but summer transfer window signing yeah. and you could tell they were doing their summer dealings during the fall just to save money yeah. and spread out the contracts yeah, I mean, when you bring in a, a businessman they, to run the club, I guess that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. They did that with Fafana. Uh, it started with Fafana, and people were starting to catch on to what Chelsea were doing, and then they needed to get their dealings done quick because these are players that they probably wanted to bring in mm-hmm. and couldn't after these windows closed and the way that the business operated closed, which mm-hmm. ended up tanking on-field uh, things because – we actually had a separate dressing room for part of our players because we couldn't fit enough players into our dressing room. I mean, yeah. They had new <laughs> signings change outside the dressing room and come into the dressing room. We had a makeshift dressing room. That's so, fucking hilarious. Yeah. People have been fucking to read that. So it's not, uh, oh, no, I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it definitely happened. Wow. Um, so, all right. You know, let's get into some season grades. Oh, sorry, with you, Jordan. Lampard? What you Lampard? got for the season? I was going to say Lampard? Or are we just chalking it up to be a mess? Yeah. Is there much more to say about Lampard Lamp- than won, like, two games? Yeah, he smiled like, and waved and put out the team that, I don't know, that he thought of. But we told him to, and yeah, yeah, that's about it. It was but purely I, for vibes. That was it. <laughs> I think you guys can go on your season grades for Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, you want to start with yeah, um, I have an F. I don't think it could anything other than F. bottom. Like, could not other than good. getting relegated, how could it have been worse? They finished second half of the yeah. table. They didn't make any sort of run in any other competition. Oh. The only like saving grace this season is that they signed a couple players for yeah. the future. Yeah, but we're just looking at the scope of like this season, yeah. and those players performed poorly this season, yeah. except for Enzo. Like, <laughs> I'd tell Gustavo, but he's not getting any younger. 
Yeah, but Tiago Silva is not a new signing. From this yeah, thing. yeah. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. an end. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say D minus. I think you could always say it could have been worse because it could it could have been worse. Fifteenth, I guess, <laughs> and you know that Dortmund uh, Champions League tie, winning that Champions League tie, is an achievement. Top eight teams in the Champions League is an achievement. If Arsenal got well, that, because they have one good performance, yes. they're not an F. Because pre- precisely, yes. <laughs> in the round, I mean, you guys there. don't know what it feels like to succeed at anything. So, <laughs> I mean, okay, come on, relax. I mean, uh, I would take eighth. I'd take quarterfinals of Champions League next season for Arsenal. Like, it's a good stepping stone for a young not team. Quarterfinals like in twelfth. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm leaving out the Premier League. I'm saying quarterfinals of Champions League for Arsenal next year. I would take for and for, that's for a growing team that will push the well, Premier League this season. Because Arsenal has low standards, so you'll take that. Yeah. Um, we're also very young, and it's a young team, and we have a problem with choking. We didn't even make the last eight of the fucking Europa League last yeah. year. We or you couldn't. 16, I mean, you couldn't win the league. So. Yeah, yeah, I, we have a choking issue. That's that's like one of the big deals. And look, we haven't gotten to the Arsenal podcast yet, and that's certainly going to come up then. But I would take for a young team that's Chelsea certainly is almost as young as Arsenal. Yeah. Um, to get that far and <clears throat> put in that kind of performance against a good Dortmund team. Team Dortmund team that also won the league. I think that brings them above the F because at least you can crack a smile as a Chelsea fan this season at some point. That's a deep think for me. Yeah, I mean, especially getting wit- uh, rid of our dead weight to Arsenal. It's, yeah. it, that's the best part. Well, that's the thing. I think their window so far would have brought them up higher, but I'm going until the last game of the Just season, season. match with 38. Yeah. I give the season a C-. minus. Okay. The, the actual Chelsea fan in me and the one who said inexplicable things to the TV many of times, <laughs> wants to give it an F minus. But yeah. <laughs> when you look at it and just start understanding and going into Bully's mind and what he was actually doing, you realize that there's a foundation set for Chelsea that mm-hmm. had to be done in this very weird time frame and weird window due to the fact that they basically found the loophole in UEFA's contract clauses and had to get all of their summer dealings done in December. And when you start understanding that and what the mindset was for Bowley, you can understand that it was not about on-field performances. And we basically set up, okay, look, no Champions League next season. We can get our footing. We can actually go and challenge for the league this year, uh, top four, and do well with a fresh new restart and try to build something just like City did. Or Liverpool mm-hmm. did. And mm-hmm. I'm very happy with that because the squad that we're assembling isn't going to come first place in the Prem right now. Isn't going to win a Champions League. It could win an FA Cup or a League Cup due to top sides playing sure. Champions League and getting burned out. Yeah, We have no Europe. And I think Bully understood that. Mm-hmm. Where this side could win a domestic double uh, this next season. Uh, sure. It could happen. It probably won't. Uh, mm-hmm. This looks like a cup squad, not a prem winning squad, but it looks like a squad that could easily win an FA Cup and a Carabao Cup in a season. Absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Um, So where do we go from here? I mean, first question there is to ask about where do we go from here is let's isolate the Deadwoods still left in the club. Are there any players left that you just can't see on the roster? Matthew, our de- yeah, our departures um, all look good. Uh, I don't really complain with any of them. Yeah. Uh, 
It's actually very interesting. That's another point for another day. The Saudi league departures, but that's for another podcast. Mm. I look at the squad right here. Um, I'm very concerned about Reese James. Um, I love him. I think he will be a future captain of this club, but it just came out the other day that he may have ligament damage again. So I'm seeing that. Yeah. Really? Mm. Same, yeah. same name? They had like a scan. Oh, man. I'm sitting here oh. going, okay, I love Reese James, but is it time to either bring in a true replacement to him, which we don't know if Malagusa will be able to, or is it time to maybe sell him to Real Madrid? I don't want to see him go. He <laughs> is the future captain of this club, but there gets yeah. to a point where he is having injury problems and that has to be considered for next season if it doesn't work this season. Mm-hmm. We look at Kukurea. It's one of those players that I want to see succeed at Chelsea. I don't think he would succeed under Graham Potter or a Frank Lampard. But Which is I'm weird because of all managers for him to succeed under, you'd think Graham Potter because that's where he made his name. Right. Yeah. But he is a... Tuchel signing. That is one of the signings mm-hmm. that Tuchel probably yeah. got through. But I do see him possibly having a good season under Pochettino. Ampadu, going to be honest, he's been here oh, for so long. That's a name long. I have not heard in a while. <laughs> I didn't realize he's yeah. still a Chelsea player. He's still a Chelsea player at time yeah. of recording. Ampadu, maybe one more loan. It may be time because we're bringing a lot of young talent. And fifth loan's a charm. Fifth loan's a charm. Malang Sar is still a Chelsea player. And yeah, from what I understand, he's going to the French club that Chelsea owns now. I forget what the name is. Oh, Don't yeah. Me, there's been too much. Yeah. Yep. That and Frank. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Trika Venwa. I hope he's going to be able to play, but I don't see a world where he be, he'll be able to get on the field just because of the short season with no Champions mm-hmm. League. Ajoran, another loan. Lewis Hall, I would actually love to see in the Lewis squad Hall, this year. Yeah. Santos, I would love to see in the squad this year, but I feel like he's going to get loaned out. Uh, that does seem like a loan signing, yeah. Yes. A bomb gang, I think he'll get playing time under Pochettino. I really you want do. Him, you want him there? That's one of the guys yeah, you want I there. love... Aubameyang right now because he's really one of the only veteran players in our squad and I think he'd be really good to have around and I think he could be a good we don't have a star striker right now we have Broja and Nicholas Jackson yeah and And Koku he'll probably play in like a false nine role he probably won't play an out and out nine I don't think he can play anywhere along the front line he's so versatile and Koku that's one of the guys that I, I praise that signing like hell he is so good like, I mean, we've had so that signing for good. two, three years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's been in the bag. Plus, at the same time, that was a December signing. So then we go yeah, down the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. Raheem Sterling, I think you keep him for one more season, sell him next season. Uh, Broja, we don't know how he's going to look after that. I think it was a torn ACL. We yeah. don't know how he's going to look. Matawake, keep Ziyech. There's a very good chance he's on the roster at the beginning of the season because of the transfer yeah, saga with Saudi like Arabia. Out. Yeah, he did not pass his he physical. Failed his medical, yeah. Failed his yeah. medical. Oh man, he failed he his medical. Find his way out of Chelsea. <laughs> and he <laughs> also failed the. Uh, uh, he failed. What's it called? The fax machine broke. I think for PSG, just like it did. Yeah, yeah. Nobody saw. He got about like stranded that. in Paris. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> because of the fax machine. I don't know if it was a fax, I don't know if fax machine, but like it didn't go through. And then, Hudson Ado- uh, yeah. Like, Hudson Adoy's back at Chelsea. Like hotel. Hudson Adoy, yeah. Where, where was he? Bayern, right? He scored maybe two goals at Bayern Leverkusen, did not pan out. 
We still have yeah, Romelu Lukaku yeah. on our roster, and I need him out. And well, he's yeah. Goku. Uh, it, so I, I don't even down, know what right? the squad looks like. Nobody Lukaku? knows what the squad. Inter still like. want Lukaku. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing like a thirty mil like, Inter like. No, apparently pressure. Juventus okay. want Lukaku right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, Vlahovic. If they get uh, Lukaku, didn't show up for three days, according to reports, to Inter to sign the paperwork to get out of Chelsea because he's trying to go to Juventus. Okay. <laughs> but then we state. also have uh, a lot of Chelsea fans want to see Maston play uh, in the first team squad. We have Cassetti now, who I think won the Golden Ball at the U twenty World Cup or Euros. Twenty one Euros, yeah, yeah. We have Amari Hutchinson, which is uh, one of your guys' players, who is now a Chelsea player, and yeah. thank you for that. We have Harvey Vale, who can be, play a decent role in the squad. And a lot of random signings that have just popped up on the developmental squad that I don't yeah. know essentially no, who they, they are. They pull guys in and loan them out, and then if they don't right. come back in two years, finish players, they sell them out. It's a and it's a process, but it works. It works. <laughs> and then Fofana right now just got sent on loan to Union Berlin with yeah. uh, Brendan Aronson will be his teammate now. Yeah. And then oh, with Fofana, not not Wesley, right? No, no, David. David. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. He looked good when he played. Um, yeah, Chelsea doing Chelsea things. I can't complain. Don't yeah. send off your players right away. Maybe, there, but there's things I can't see. You sad about Pulisic? No, I'm very happy he left. Uh, yeah. Not from a Chelsea point of view, but at the end of the from day, American. Yeah, he needs he's playing time. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work yeah. for either player. He looked upset whenever he played. It didn't seem like it was working out. Uh, a lot of those players in that Pulisic Mount Havertz camp, where they were young, trying to prove themselves, Werner as well. None of them really pan out exactly. And Pulisic got shoved out the door by Matueke and mm-hmm. Mudric. At the end of the day, Pulisic was that guy. He was him, tore, I think it's ACL or MCL, in that uh, FA Cup during COVID against Arsenal and has never been given the proper opportunity. Yeah. And every time he has, that was he the last plays of out of position. Yeah. He plays Tuchel, put him as a wing back as a false nine and never played him on the left wing because he played inverted wing uh, wingers. Yeah. And when you look at that, it's best for him to go. And it's sad to see him go. But as an American and a Chelsea fan, I'm happy to see him somewhere that yeah. will probably start and be appreciated just like Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, yeah. Um, he shouldn't have been there this year. Like he was yeah, trying was to get his way. Last yeah, he was trying to force his way out, and then Tuchel like locked him in. Right? He just like didn't want him to leave yeah. for some reason. Years ago, me and you spoke about when Pulisic transferred. Me, and I remember probably me and you texting about how yeah. I didn't want him at Chelsea because I didn't think yeah, it'd be it, a great place for his development. Yeah, it, I don't think it's a great place for a, a player unless you're Any like player. A, like a yeah. I'm, when it comes to there's so much, especially right now in this team, like that's one of the issues I have with having like all these young players is like, they all need playing time and mm-hmm. there's only 90 minutes in a football match. Like yeah. players is going to develop at different rates and you're basically choosing mm-hmm. the development schedule yeah. of all these guys. And you want to give Modric a chance, but Maduke has probably played better than them. Like, and Raheem Sterling so is a player. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just very difficult to have all these, Squad composition is so, so important at the top level, at the big six, like pushing to the league level. And I think Guardiola's mastered it in some sense, mix of young players and veterans and guys like Fernandinho, keeping them on board, keeping guys like Gundogan on board. Chelsea, 
Yeah. Well, Man City is done it because they're able to win and what man city does really really well is sell their players on at the right time yeah yeah man city is really good at looking at a player and saying you know what you may be one of the best players in our squad for gundigan uh gunduan you yeah. may be the player that clinches the trophies but it is time to go and we both understand that and they bring they'll bring in somebody else the yeah. when Go you look at chelsea yeah when you look at Chelsea, if you're either you have to be a really, really young player or a top player at your game who is maybe struggling at a top, top club to make it at this club as a good signing. But if you're in that middle ground of we're not sure, it is very hard to break into the first team. Yeah. Yeah, that's what concerns me for Chelsea. Just because they have all these new mm-hmm. signings that are hungry for playing time, like if you're if you're if you're a new signing that's beating out like an old guy that's on maybe on his way out, like like a Pulisic, like that's one thing. That's a natural cycle. But now yeah. you've got two new guys butting heads for it's nice for squad competition, and it means that your first eleven is likely going to be very good. But it does mean that those guys on the bench are going to get frustrated very quickly and players very early in their career need playing time, or else they get frustrated and move somewhere else because they understand the importance of development so because if you look at and you look at it Badashil, Chalaba, Fafana you have those three players and that is a really good composition of three good center backs Mm -hmm. but then you have Caldwell who is having a real big issue in negotiations right now with Chelsea and Brighton because he knows he was the guy that was really good for the U21s this summer right uh Levi Colwell yeah he is a top defender in the league he is Brighton's probably best player right now uh, at least defender, probably their best player in their squad. He's doing great for the U21. I mean, I'm talking about somebody who could stay at Brighton, not the players who are going to yeah, leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but then you look at it, He Chelsea wants him, they see as an integral uh, player in their squad, but then you have, let's say you play the back four, you know? Calibo mm-hmm. is not going to get playing time. He's not. And he's not going to transition in the midfield and we don't know what the squad composition is going to look like because it's so up in the air right now. Yeah. Well, the last thing I want to do to round this podcast, let's talk about pops a little bit because this is a signing that is make or break when it comes to, because this, that this squad just needs the perfect amount of, of Papa caretaking right now because it's so young. What do you think about Potts to round this off? I think he's a good family guy. I think he can build a really good, family within a squad i think he's been given really bad hands with psg and tottenham i think tottenham yeah. was never at a point where they're ever going to win a trophy yeah. uh, <laughs> That's arguably every... the two most difficult hard, t- hardest teams to coach in the world tottenham hotspur mm-hmm. and psg yes nobody <laughs> walks out of there champions alive. league yeah and you're just hated by everybody <laughs> every PSG every prison yeah, yeah. Most right. toxic families. But if you look at it, Podge comes in, does a barbecue for the squad immediately. Yeah. He has the proper thoughts. He's not going to the media and saying it's going to take time saying, I'm here to win. These players have not heard that yet because they've heard Tuchel. And you don't know what Tuchel's saying to anybody. Yeah. And you're hearing Frank Lampard saying, yep, we have some time. And then you have Potter going, yeah, let's just have fun. And these players are finally going to get pushed. And Potter, not Potter, Pochettino is already 
doing two squads, stay, leave. And he's separating his players already and saying, guess what? If you're not supposed to be here, you're at the end of that field. Like you guys are practicing by yourself. And it's yeah, hard. That's what Arteta did. Yep. But I really believe that Poch could last two to three years at this squad. I don't think he'll be the guy that everybody wants him to be in the sense of win a league. But he can do really well in the Champions League. He can do really well at the FA Cup and win a few League Cups. But I just don't see him. I don't see anybody right now competing with Guardiola at the top. And I want to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think we can come second, third place pretty easily. Yeah. Just, it's hard to see a world where anybody beats Man City right now until we see everybody's uh, final squad. Yeah. Until the end of the season. Yeah. I I mean, what are your thoughts on Poch? I know you, you praised it a little bit, right? Yeah, Poch is a very good managerial sign for what they're trying to do right now. Like he said, like, culture is just such an important thing for them right now just because for the last season, it's just been such a mess. It hasn't yeah. been a team. It's just been a group of individuals. A lot of these guys aren't part of the Chelsea culture yet. Their, yeah. their squad is almost all new signings. Like yeah. everybody who was a signing is now out the door. Every, every you know, Tuchel cool signing is almost out the door at this point. So they, they spent, they what, how many players they even buy in the last, up in that three transfer windows? Like 14 players? Like this squad is almost entirely comprised of yeah. 23 to 20 year olds that have we never have... played Chelsea football club before. So, yeah. Yeah. Posh is have... a definitely very good manager at, you know, developing players. I mean, you looked at how he did at PSG where he had all these already established <laughs> big names and it didn't really work out yeah. for him. Now, it doesn't work out for a lot of people who go yeah. to PSG, but the point is that he's definitely a bit more suited to developing the younger players. Yeah. So I think it's a very good managerial appointment. Yeah, especially for what was available. Uh If I look right now, uh, if I look at our squad, Chelsea Champions League squad, if you look at the starting lineup from that year, Asby gone, Mount gone, Conte gone, Rudiger gone, we have Reese James. We have Tiago Silva. Hillwell's gone. Mendy's gone. Jorginho's gone. Haver's gone. And Werner's gone. And that is the starting lineup. And I'm not even including the bench. Yeah. I don't think it's one, maybe one or two players on that bench that are still here. I think maybe yeah. Chalaba. Yeah. Nope, he didn't get a Champions League winning medal at all. Nope. I don't think there's a player <laughs> on that bench that's still here, or at least will stay ZH? here. Yeah. ZH will be gone. Mm-hmm. Adoy will be gone pretty quickly because Tammy Abraham was a mistake to get rid of. Gilmore's gone. That's yeah, everybody's <laughs> basically gone. Yeah. I I mean, and that just makes Pochettino's job that much harder because, well, easier and harder. It's a, you know, double-edged sword because you get these new players, fresh start, but you also, they're new to the club and they're yeah. not really Chelsea players yet. And now you're a manager trying to establish your own Chelsea uh, culture and teach it to these guys that haven't played before. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I, if there's the managerial market right now wasn't great. Uh, you know, Tuchel got snapped Obviously, they weren't going to go back to Tuchel, but Tuchel got snapped up. Uh, it was really Pochettino or Nagelsmann. Well, uh, there was Luis Enrique, too, at the time. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. going to come to Chelsea. Yeah. He was going to make it Barcelona B, but that's Inter-Miami now. <laughs> 
Um, is is that where Enrique went? Miami. PSG. Oh, PSG, right. PSG. Yeah, he's at PSG, but he, he wanted to sign Gavi and Pato Martino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I I like the Pochettino signing. I think that if they went with another, you know, experimental-esque manager, like pulled somebody like the, I don't know, manager of uh was the team that Arsenal got Gabriel from. Leo. Leo. Like a little manager that's like overperforming with a mm. squad like that and pulling him up. It just Will still. Will still. Yeah. Will still. <laughs> Will still football still. manager legend. Um, the, yeah, so a manager like that just wouldn't have worked out. I think they need to go with something more established. I know uh, Pellegrini was it? No, who was it? Allegri, right? Allegri. Yeah, he was out of a job too. But I, I, I think it, it, they should have. No, Allegri is still in a job. Is he? Somehow. <laughs> the way I look uh, at it, the, the way I look at the market right now is if you look at it, all top managers are kind of failing at big six clubs, and they're settling in the middle of the prem hmm. because we have Unai Emery, Unai Emery. And Villa. Yeah. And it's we're, I'm sitting here and going, there are no real top managers that have truly developed within the past five years mm. besides Arteta, Xavi, and players who played for those clubs and already knew those cultures. But we have no true new yeah. candidates that can be a Jose or a Pep or even yeah. a Poch or an Emery. Yeah. And everyone who's gotten that chance has failed. Yeah, I I guess look when you think about like the past and how many like absolute legendary managers there were, I don't really see other than Pep and Mourinho, obviously, but he's he's in the twilight of his career. Uh like a up and coming like Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, like a Pep understudy. Like I don't know where City go after Guardiola and you know, we we passed our city podcast already, but like, yeah, when you think about what their options were. It's kind of like everybody's rolling the dice nowadays when you when you think yeah. you get a manager. Like there's no safe option. There's nobody who who's gonna sign on the sheet when it comes to managers where you're gonna be like, we're set for two years. It just it doesn't work like that, especially with Chelsea, Bowley, you know, quick leash. I don't know. It's it, it, you're taking a gamble either way. And I think um with what was available, Posh was definitely the best of the best, in my opinion, at least. And with that, I think that just about does it for the Chelsea podcast. I mean, this one it ran a little bit longer than other ones, but there was certainly a little more beef to, yeah. to Chelsea than there was certainly in Man City or something like that. I mean, Man City, there was really nothing to talk about. Yep. It's kind of just, they're good. They're going to continue to be good. Uh, with and Chelsea, they got members. lucky. They got lucky that the best player in the world's dad played for Man City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If I'm Holland, certainly to play for a team that creates the most chances in the world, it wouldn't suck. But yeah. Uh, um, with that, uh, thank you, Jordan, for hopping on with us today. Um, I really couldn't think of a, a more passionate Chelsea fan to break down the chaos currently surrounding the club. <laughs> You've watched too many games or talked too much about this. <laughs> uh, but with that, we will say goodbye. Adios. See ya. See ya.